You ever notice how quick things change in life? I mean, um, they're just, it moves at the speed of sound. You, you get up, maybe you get ready for work, have breakfast, and then you commute to work. It's a smooth commute. You arrive at the office, and you think, man, things are going great. Then the boss says, can I see you for a minute? And things shift like that. You know, I'm sorry, but um, we're going to downsize around here. We're going to have to let you go. Change. That quick. You know, you go in for a routine checkup, and suddenly, you know, it's never good when the doctor goes, hmm. And then a little further inspection, he says, you know, we need to operate immediately. And suddenly your life changes. You're eating breakfast, spending time with the kids, arguing at the table, whatever. You get ready to head out the door and go, see you tonight. You come home to a house that's empty, and a note says, I'm at my mom's. My lawyer will be in contact with you. And that quick, things change. Sleeping soundly in bed, you hear the doorbell. You go down, and you're greeted by someone you don't know. And they say, there's been an accident, and we did everything we could. I'm sorry to tell you this. Life changes like that. Most of us remember the horror of 9-11. You know, people got up that morning and started their day just like any other day, and then the unthinkable... In one moment, everything's fine, and the next, you're drowning. You you think you're in control, and suddenly you're not. One minute, the sky's clear, life's good, and the next moment, you realize you're in a storm. You know, sometimes you see the storms coming, you know, and other times you don't. We've been in this series, Dive, and I've been challenging us when it comes to our faith, you know, looking at faith issues. I said, you know, at some point in life, you have to decide to get off the dock and dive faith first into life, allow God to to usually get in the deep waters of the Christian walk. And that's a point where ultimately you rely on God, you trust God with everything. And I believe when you hit that point that you begin to experience the best that God has to offer in life. And today what I want to look at are how do we face the storms in our lives. The, the reality is that life, we think we're in control. But the reality is it is always, hear this, always out of your control. True? I mean, have you figured that one out yet? When, when something major happens in life, all of a sudden, you have to face the reality that you are not strong enough, you're not fast enough, you're not smart enough. I mean, what do you do in those moments? You know, there's a story told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Now, anytime three or four of the Gospels cover something, it means it's really, really important, that it's significant. 
And kind of the cliff notes, Jesus had just finished an intense teaching time. And he was exhausted. He, he was worn out. He was tired. And basically, he went to the disciples and said, come on, guys, we've got to get away. Let's go to the other side. And Scripture says this, that when he got in the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly, a storm struck, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. I love this. But Jesus was sleeping. Jesus climbed in the boat, and they headed to open seas. He got a cushion. Maybe, a, maybe it was a flotation device. Who knows? But he, he laid back, and he was relaxing, and then he fell asleep. And that's easy to do. Those of you that fish and get out on boats know, give me a nice breeze, a gentle rock. Not a big rock. I get seasick. But a gentle rock, and you, you sleep like a baby. They're going along, and suddenly things change. This minor chop becomes serious waves that are breaking over the top. Serious stuff happening. Now, the Sea of Galilee, and you have to understand this to understand the story. The Sea of Galilee is 600 feet below sea level. It's surrounded by mountains. And... What that means, because it's surrounded by mountains, is that a storm comes over the mountain, and the moment it peeks out over, it's on top of you, like that. I mean, fast. And Cindy and I were in Israel several years ago, and we were out on the Sea of Galilee. And it's a very calm sea. You know, it looks like glass. And we had been out there 20 minutes, maybe. And... No kidding, within about a three-minute period of time, it went from this beautiful day to dark, and it was a mild storm, little, okay? It wasn't big, but I realized in that moment as I, as I watched that, that in just a matter of minutes, things changed so radically, and my mind raced to this story. I thought, I get it. I get how quickly that happened. You know, the disciples, they, most of them were commercial fishermen, which means if you have commercial fishermen freaking out, it's a bad storm. I mean, it's big-time bad. You know, and they're saying, Jesus, wake up, wake up. Don't you care if we drown? I mean, come on, quit sleeping. And Jesus wakes up, he calms the storm, calms the waves, and then he looks at the disciples, and he says, where's your faith? Why are you so afraid? And there's several things I think we could kind of learn from this story that'll, that'll help us as we weather storms, as we navigate in life. It's out of control at times in our lives where things are just coming apart. And the first is storms are a part of all of our lives. In fact, turn to your neighbor and tell them storms are coming. Isn't that encouraging? You know, some of you right now, don't, don't raise hands, but some of you right now are going through serious storms in your life. Some of you are emerging from storms. You know, the weather's starting to clear. Things are, are starting to look better. And if you are sitting there right now and you go, well, I'm okay on those two. I'm not, I haven't, I'm not in a storm and I'm not coming out of a storm. Then prepare because... 
you're going to go into a storm. We are in one of those three places in life, and it is very, it just kind of circular that way. You know, you think, oh, I'm okay, I'm all right. And the fact is, storms are on the horizon. You may not see them coming, but hear this, no one's exempt when it comes to storms. We all face storms in our lives. And it's interesting, Jesus is on board, but they still faced a storm. And I have thought about this. It's like, okay, Jesus is the son of God. He's perfect. He's sinless. And yet he faced storms in his life, didn't he? If you think about his life, he faced a lot of storms. And, and I know that sometimes we think as Christians, you're like, wait a minute. I mean, you mean you can be a follower of Christ and you can dive faith first and, and walk the Christian walk and, and do everything that God asks you to do and you may still face storms, yes. You may still hit rough waters, yes. You may encounter these turbulent seas, yes. That's absolutely true. You know, I, I think for some reason... We believe that we face storms because of disobedience. You know, that that's really what happens. We think about stories like Jonah. You know, I love the Jonah story. But, you know, Jonah, he's running from God. He's being disobedient. And he's kind of doing his own thing. And I think when we read a story like Jonah, we go, well, of course he had storms in his life. I mean, he was disobedient. And when you disobey God, you're going to have storms. And that, that is true. But it's only part of the truth. See, the unspoken in that is if I'm obedient, if I follow God, if I give my all to God, I won't face storms, right? I mean, in the back of our mind, we think that. And I would tell you that's wishful thinking, and it's not correct. The fact is the disciples were obedient. They had been with Jesus. They had left their jobs. Some of them left their families. And they're in ministry. And every one of them faced storms in their lives. Big time storms. In fact, they faced a lot of other storms besides the one in in that boat that day. You think about the disciples. Every one of them died violent, violent deaths. Except one, John. John didn't die a violent death. He just got to spend the remainder of his life on a small island, breaking up rock in a quarry as a prisoner. Whew, that's better, isn't it? Tough stuff, storms, storms. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we are exempt as Christians from storms. And when you look at the story, even though Jesus is on the boat and the disciples are right there, They're scared to death. They're afraid. They're still afraid. And you think about, well, wait a minute. Jesus was right there. But they're afraid? How many of you ever get afraid, frightened, concerned, you know, doubt, fear, all all kick in and begin to kind of mess with you? You know, we all have those kind of moments in our lives when we, we, we begin to look at things and we realize they're out of control. You know, and in that moment, when you realize they're out of your control, that's when the fear kicks in. And I find it encouraging because the disciples are afraid and Jesus is right there with them. And the reason why, it's like, 
Well, if they were afraid with Jesus right there, then it's, it's okay if I have some fear in my life. You know, Matthew 8 says the disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Jesus responded, why, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves. Can you picture that? And suddenly there was a great calm. He got still. The disciples were afraid. The disciples had just a little bit of faith. They're freaking out. And get this, Jesus still rescued them. I find that encouraging. You know, I, can, I couldn't begin to tell you how many times in my life, personally, that I have had, like, this much faith. Itty-bitty. I wish I could tell you, oh, man, I never, never worry, I never fret. But, but the reality is I had just a little bit, a little bit. And I tried to put that little bit of faith and trust in something really solid, something that, that can stand the test of time. See, it's not, it's not the weight of my faith. This is where we all get messed up, I think. We go, well, okay, my faith's got to be huge. No, it's not, it's not how big your faith is. It's what you put your faith in, where you put your trust. You know, when you're in the storms, friends, here's what I know is that God has to be your captain at that point. God has to be at the, at the helm leading you, taking care of things. And at some point in life, you're going to hit a storm. Maybe not today, maybe next week, maybe two years from now. But you're going to hit a storm, and if you're not trusting and relying on God, you're never going to navigate it. It's just that simple. You won't make it through the storm. You know, Jesus, sound asleep. And uh, you, you think about uh, just what, what kind of trust he must have had, because this boat is about to get turned over. These commercial fishermen are freaking out. And, and Jesus trusted enough that he's sleeping through it. Get that. I mean, it's crazy. But he, he had that much trust. And I think that if I understand that, what, what, how he was able to sleep through this huge storm, I think it's because he knew something. And he knew that when life seems out of control, God's in control. God's in control. You know, we, we, we all face storms, yes? Different kinds of storms. They, they come in all kinds of forms and, and types. You know, this uh, past year, weather-wise, has been crazy, hasn't it? I mean, you talk about weird. It's like... You know, we had blizzard conditions, and then we had freezing rain, and ice storms, and thunderstorms, and tornadoes, and, you know, all, all this stuff. And I always like uh, the newscasters, you know, the news people, uh, because they have this way of bringing weather to life, you know. They'll say something like, you know, we're going to have a dramatic change in weather due to this high-pressure system that's moving up from the Gulf. <laughs> they do that, don't they? And combine that with the low-pressure system that's coming down from the northwest, it's going to create very unstable atmosphere. You can expect 
two and a half to three inches of rain, possibly hail. Storms are complex. The storms of life are just as complex for us. You know, the fact is that there are some storms that we inflict on ourselves. All right, I want to see hands. How many have ever had a speeding ticket? (laughs) I won't ask how many of you have written speeding tickets. (laughs) Those are self-inflicted. Trust me, I've got a lot of them early in my life. Yeah. You can argue and say, well, it wasn't my fault. It was. You, you created it, and, and it happened. You got caught, you know. And then we're like, oh, everybody, everybody's speeding. You know, it doesn't matter. The fact is we inflict ourselves. And there are lots of things in life where we do that. I think about the Old Testament, a guy by the name of Samson. I used to, I loved the story of Samson as a kid. You know, he's the biblical bodybuilder of the Old Testament. And this guy dealt with some storms in his life, and all the storms he faced were self-created because he was disobeying God. He kind of pushed God to the sidelines. God would say, Samson, don't hang out with the Philistines because they were ungodly. So what did he do? He hung out with them. Samson, don't marry that woman. He married her. Samson, don't. And he did. Samson, what are you doing? Don't do that. And he did it anyway. And Samson rebelled, did his own thing. And friends, he hit storm after storm after storm in his life. It jammed him up. Ultimately, this huge bodybuilder, so strong, lost all of his strength. Become a prisoner. They used to mock him and beat him on a daily basis. He actually lost part of his eyesight because of the beatings. And ultimately, this guy took his life because he couldn't stand where he was anymore. Now, in those last moments of his life, he, he said, this is for you, God. But it messed him up. The storms that he had created himself. Galatians 6, 7 says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for you reap Whatever you sow. I wish I had known that and believed that when I was young. You know, over time, you come to realize that's absolutely true. Some some storms, some, are self-inflicted. Other other storms, people cause in your life. I think about Paul and Silas in the New Testament. They're preaching the good news, preaching the gospel, going from city to city. And they step on the wrong toes in this one city. And there's kind of this mob mentality that prevails. And what happens is some people had some power and they leveraged the political system. And Paul and Silas end up being arrested. They're stripped, beaten, and thrown in prison. And they face storms, not because they did anything wrong. Someone else inflicted them. And my guess is we could go around the room today and one by one we could tell story after story of storms other people have created in our lives. Now, we remember those pretty well. You notice that? 
We try and forget the ones we created, but the ones other people, we hang on to those. You know, people have hurt us, violated us, taken advantage, ripped us off or whatever, and you face storms because of someone else. Whether, whether it was intentional or unintentional, we face storms. And some storms are God-induced. You know, the Old Testament uh, tells the story of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And God's people are being held in bondage as, as slaves. So what's God do? God steps in, in a big way. And he sends ten plagues into Egypt. You know, frogs, locusts, boil, death, you know, things, good things like that to ultimately get their attention. I mean, it's horrendous stuff if you, if you read and, and look at what happened to the people during this. And basically, each time Moses, Moses would step up and go, let my people go. Let God's people go. Then they'd have a plague. He'd go back and go, now? How about now? <laughs> and another plague, hello, how much more are you going to take? God's got a lot to give, you know. And at some point in life, this is what I believe, that God will bring you to your knees. God will bring you to a place where you go, uncle, I give. And that's what happened after considerable loss. I mean, personal loss. Pharaoh says, get those people out of here. Take them and go. Leave me alone. And they head to the promised land. And that's a story for another day. But we all face storms, whether they're self-inflicted, someone else causes them, or they're God-induced. I mean, some, some of us face relational storms in our lives. You know, right now, the, the fact is that there's a marital storm going on. I mean, nobody knows about it. You don't talk about it. You're keeping it well hidden, but that's a, that's a storm. That's a relational storm. You know, the, the fact is, it's kind of your little secret. But ultimately, it gets out there. Some of you maybe uh, have been hurt by someone you're really close to. That's a relational storm. Some of you have been rejected or you feel alone and you're struggling with that. That's a relational storm. And, and then there are physical storms. Physical storms, you know, maybe, maybe you received a bad report from the doctor. Maybe you're, you battle with anxiety or stress and you just can't knock it. Maybe you feel like you're in this cave of depression and you can't get out. Those, those are storms. And I'll tell you, health storms are, are serious. They, they can get in your head. They can isolate you. And ultimately, you can lose your perspective in those storms. And they're vocational storms. You sit at your desk and you think, if I have to work with this guy one more day, this job's getting the best of me. It's eating me alive. I got ulcers, you know. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, for some of you, you've had to change jobs. Some of you found out you're losing a job. Some of you have been demoted. Those are all vocational storms, friends, and they are stressful, they are wearing, and they're too real. And usually they create another storm, and that's a financial storm. Many times these kind of connect with each other. And there's spiritual storms in people's lives. You know, maybe, maybe right now you're going through a relational or financial or vocational or whatever storm, and it's really a spiritual storm because what God's doing is trying to get your attention. 
you know, God's kind of saying, you know what, I'm going to let this stuff happen. I want your attention because ultimately God wants us close to him. And he's going to allow us to kind of get mixed up and messed up once in a while. You know, some of you, in fact, that's how you came to know Jesus Christ. I, I believe if we were to say, was it a, a, did you have a storm in your life that brought you to bow on a knee to Christ? A lot of you would say, yeah, that's me. Some of you, that's why you came to this church the first time. I couldn't tell you how many times I'll talk to someone and then they'll say, you know, I, I came, came to church today for the first time and, it was, and they'll begin to tell me about storms in their life. You know, maybe, maybe that's why you're here today. You know, God wanted you to hear a message or to connect with people that, that love God. For others, a spiritual storm is God wants you to do something but you've been resisting, you've been fighting it. You know, other people, it's God's waiting for you to make a decision, and you're just paralyzed, but those are all spiritual storms. Now, it doesn't matter what the storm is that you face. It doesn't matter, you know, how big it is or what area it's in. God will use those storms to get you to rely on him, to trust him, to invite Jesus into the boat of your life. I mean, you know, this this boat called life can get messed up sometimes. And the seas get, get rough. And I was thinking this week as I was putting this topic together that the evil one doesn't care about a lot of things. He doesn't care if you sit and go, well, I understand what kind of storm I'm in. You know, he doesn't care if you could label and diagram each step of it and who caused it and why, why it's happening or, or whatever. He doesn't care if you read the Bible 24-7. He doesn't care if you read, read it cover to cover. You know, if you memorize this story, for instance, that we're talking about today and could get up here and recite it, he doesn't care. In fact, I believe he'd cheer you on. He'd go, good for you. Way to go. Cool. Keep going, keep going. But I'll tell you when he gets a little upset. He gets upset when you begin to translate what you've learned into your life. You know, when you take a dive faith first into faith and and just immerse yourself, and that's when he gets a little bit concerned. You know, the evil one gets a little upset because... You're willing to dive. You're willing to change something in your life. You're willing to bow a knee and say, you know what? What I've learned in your word, I'm going to apply to my life now. And Jesus, if you'd get in the boat here, I'll let you navigate. That's when the evil one pays attention. I mean... Usually when a storm strikes, whether, whether it's big, small, hurricane-type storm or whatever, the reality is most of us do not invite Jesus into the boat. In fact, we just kind of react to what, what's going on. When that storm strikes, instead of taking what we've been learning in God's Word and apply it to, to living, we, we, we take and run. You know, how many of you have ever ran from God in those times? You know, we get in our boat... We start rowing. We're, man, we're going to get away. We're going to get away. See you later, storm. 
I'm heading to wide open, beautiful seas. And friends, it won't happen. You know why? You can't row quick enough. You can't go fast enough. You know, I've been, I love fishing and diving, so I've spent a lot of time on the ocean through, through the years. And several years ago, I'll never forget this, we were about 25 miles off of uh, Isla Mirada down in the Keys, and uh, look on the horizon, and there's a storm. Looked over, there's another storm. Looked over here, another storm. And so the guy I was with, he goes, oh, don't worry about it, we can outrun it. Okay, sounds good to me. And so we gunned the motor, and it was like, let the games begin. You've heard of storm chasers, yes? Well, we were being chased by storms. I mean, they were all over us. We'd take a left, we'd take a right, we'd speed up. We zigged when we should have zagged, apparently. And we got to a point, and I could tell the disappointment in his eyes. Probably could see a little of the fear in mine. And he goes, we got to shut it down and ride it out. I won't bore you with the seasick stuff and, and all that, but it, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. You see, running doesn't work in life either. At some point, you have to face the storms head on. I mean, you can try and run, you know, and the way, way we do that is always interesting because we usually run with bad company at that point, you know. They, they kind of urge and cheer us on, and it takes you down dark paths sometimes. Other, other people, the way they run, they pretend nothing's wrong. You know, nothing's going on here. You know, what storm? I don't see a storm. I don't see a storm, you know. And it's still, it's there. You can't run, you can't hide, you can try distractions, but it really doesn't work. You can pretend it's not there. Running doesn't work. It just doesn't work in life. You know, some people resign themselves to storms. You know, it's kind of, well, here it is. It's a storm again. This boat's in really bad shape. I'm probably going to drown now. It's just the way it is. Poor me. What an awful, terrible life I'm doomed you know anyone like that do you live like that because i'll tell you what happens at some point you resign yourself in life and then you become a victim of everything that's going on in life and i'll just tell you it's an ugly 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 place to live and do not confuse resigning yourself to something with acceptance those are way different things you know resignation to whatever the problems are, it's all over, poor me. Acceptance, this is different. Acceptance says, okay, Lord, I'm in this storm. I've got these problems. What's next? What's next? Some people, well, they don't run. They don't, don't resign themselves. No, what they do is resent it most of their life. I mean, they, they curse the wind and the waves. They, they shake their fist at God. They've got a lot of bitterness and angriness. And I'll tell you what happens. It creates a lot of negativity in life, a lot of negativity. In fact, I've learned something about negative people. Negative people, and we all deal with them. Don't point at them, okay? Negative people, this is what I've learned, 
are people, if you can peel the onion, so to speak, and get into their head, you'll find that they are raging, they're upset, they're, they're kind of like a time bomb waiting to go off, and they've usually, if you can get to the bottom of it, have went through some storm that they never dealt with or they just resented it and they never got past it. Now, none of those ways work, but here's what I want to suggest is that there is a better way. In fact, God's, God's got a plan in the midst of this and it takes what we learn out of God's word and translates it into how we live life And you need to realize these things. One, realize God's proximity in your life, that God's near, that God's close. Whatever the storm is that that you're in right now, that God's in the middle of that. You know, Matthew 8, 23 says, Then when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. They They were right alongside. I want you to imagine that, you know, they're getting in a boat. I want you to imagine you get in a boat. And And how many of you are boaters? Let me see hands. All right. You know, if you could get in a boat and take a trip around the world and God was going to be seated right here, how many of you would feel pretty good about that? I'll be honest, I'd probably get a little little edgy. Bring it on, baby, I'm ready. Come on. God's driving, I'm okay. I'd be sitting back, I might go to sleep. Relax, relax a little bit. I think we all would have a lot of confidence if we could see God. There's the problem. If I could physically look at God and go, yep, he's sitting there. The disciples have God in the boat with them. And you have to cut them a little bit of slack because I don't think they fully realized who Jesus was. But Jesus is in the boat. And they, they were struggling. You and I don't have that same excuse because we do know who Jesus is, the Son of God. We do know he's the creator of the world. And we do know that he sits right by us, that he's with us through whatever it is. The fact is we can make it through because God's in the middle willing to help. He's done it for centuries. You know, God's there. You hang on to him. You love him and let him captain your boat in life. God seriously sits with you in whatever your storm is today. And he's waiting for some of you to go, okay, God, get in my boat. I'm in, I'm in your hands now. You know, do you realize how much God cares for you? I mean, how much he loves you, how, how much he is dialed in to what's happening in your life. He knows everything you're going through. He knows the struggles you're going through. He knows what bothers you, what annoys you, what troubles you. He knows what you like. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. And he knows everything, and he cares about that. Mark uh, 4.38 says the disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? That's a nice question, isn't it? And then I think... I've I've said stuff like that. Have you? You ever said stuff like that to God? Like, hello, hello, hey, 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 over here. Are you paying attention? Look what's going on. Boat's a little out of control. I mean, God, come on. Hey, over here, please. Hello. Hey, 
I can't feel you. I don't sense you. Oh, come on. And I want, did you hear me say, I don't feel you? Sense you? I hear, I hear people say this all the time. And I, I've got to tell you that when you're in a storm, one of the things that will mess you up big time is if you go, I can't feel. Anytime you focus just on feelings, you'll miss God. Now, don't misunderstand me. Yes, if you have a relationship with God, there should be times that it brings forth lots of great feelings, okay? But sometimes you don't have that sense, that feeling that God's right there. And in that moment, you need to just be obedient. Do the right thing. Trust God. Follow. And let the feelings will catch up at some point. You know, First Peter says, cast all your anxiety, all your storms, all your garbage, all your struggles on him. Read the last line with me. Because he cares for you. For many of you right now, you're in a difficult place, difficult time, a tough situation, and it's a storm, and it's threatening to break your boat apart. And friends, you just need to cast everything on him. Maybe it's every day, every morning when you get up. Maybe, maybe it's so violent of a storm that it's really an hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute, moment-by-moment thing. But friends, you've got to do that. Why? Because God cares. Because God cares. And you have to realize, and we've been saying this a lot in this series, God's in control. God's in control. You know, who's in control in your life? You or God? You or God? See, it's a, it's a battle, isn't it? The, the fact is, God is not going to force his way into your boat. Because that's not how God operates. In other words, you can be in control or God can be in control. And just a, this is a heads up deal. God does not co-pilot. I hear people say that a lot. They go, well, I'll kind of let him co-pilot. And what they mean is, well, I'm going to drive, do whatever I want. And then if I really get jammed up, I'll go, here, God, take over. God doesn't co-pilot that way. In fact, what will happen is when you get messed up, the reason why I won't co-pilot is because you're going to blame it off on him. You're going to dump it off on him. God made you. God knows what makes you happy. God has the best intentions for your life. And get this, he has the power to make it happen. But if you choose, and it is a choice, if you decide you're going to be in control Good luck with that, because you're going to need it. And you're also going to need to prepare yourself for worrying a lot. I mean a lot about stuff. Because when you start playing God, trying to control things that really aren't in your control, here's what happens. There's a little voice in your head. I've heard it before. Who are you kidding You think you're in control? 
are you joking me? I mean, God knows. You know. You can't handle this. You don't, you don't have it all together. It's going to blow apart on you. And friends, it's an issue of control. Whose control? If you're trying to handle stuff without God, if you're going solo, you have every reason in the world to panic right now. But if God's running your life, if God's guiding, if you allow God to take that position and to lead you, then you don't have to sweat it quite so much. You know why? Because God sees you through. If we prayed as much as we worry, all right, let's be honest. How many of you worry? Come on, let's be honest. Someone doesn't have their hand up, reach over and push it up for them. If we prayed as much as we worry, we would worry a lot less. You know, just start praying. You know, talk to God. God wants to talk to you. God wants to listen to you. God wants to guide you. God wants to help you. God wants to be in the middle of it. And I know as I say that, some of you, you know, analytic, you go, yeah, I'm a really busy guy, man. I, I don't have time to pray. Really? So you got time to worry then. Because that's the choice. Whenever you are worried, you get to choose again. You can either panic or pray. Panic or pray. I would suggest praying. You know, Philippians, Paul writes, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. If you do this, here we go. If you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Friends, there are always storms. Storms will hit. You will face a lot of storms before they put you in the ground. You know, and all I can say is that just as this year has been crazy weather-wise, I mean, we, we've, it's been summer, winter, summer, winter, summer, winter, up and down, up and down with the temps, you know, ice storms, thunderstorms, flash floods, you know, tornadoes. And you just didn't know what to expect next. It's the same in life. There's always going to be a storm. And what I hope is that you remember that, that God's near, God cares, and that God's in control. Isaiah says this. I love this scripture. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. That's a scripture. I always go to that scripture when I'm in storms. That's been a rock-solid place to put an anchor in. In, in other words, whatever you're going through right now, remember you're going through it. God says, I will be with you and take you through. And friends, that gives me a lot of confidence in life. And you need to know when the storm hits that God will be in the midst of that. Now, I don't know what you're facing, but I would challenge you 
to put it in God's hands and give God control.